0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking today we're talking consumer goods. Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Dylan, your Friday tech show host. It's Friday, March 27th and as you've probably figured out, or maybe you've been told by our producer, Austin Morgan, I've been out of touch for a little bit. On February 29th, I left DC to head to the Grand Canyon for a three week rafting trip down the Colorado River. And at the time there were about 100 total coronavirus cases in the US. The S&P 500 was at about 3000. And I think very few of us were really feeling the impact of any of that here in the United States and I set out for the trip knowing that it was likely that things would be worse when I got back but frankly I didn't anticipate this and I also didn't know what was happening as it was happening um, you see on the river we didn't have a cell phone service we didn't have Wi-Fi really the only contact that we had with the outside world was a satellite phone and that was only really to be used during emergencies. Um, but we had this trip planned and we'd been working on this for about a year. You have to get permits for this trip and we were excited to go out and unplug and get into nature. The Colorado River is is a really excellent place to raft and it has these legendary rapids like Crystal and Lava and these wonderful places you can explore like Redwall Cavern. and. You know, the hope was that this would be a good reset and a chance to get away from some of the things that can be stressful in life, and kind of focus on being present and being in a place and and really being mindful of all of that. And for about a week and a half, we were able to do that. Um, you know, the real world concerns were existent but kind of minor at the time, and they were dissolved by. You know going on sunrise hikes and staying up late and making s'mores and doing days of 15 or 20 miles on the oars on the raft about halfway through the trip we had a transfer day and we had three folks from our group hike out and we had three new people join us uh, there's a spot where you can do that over near phantom ranch we were staying at cremation camp for anybody who knows the grand canyon well and the friends that had hiked in brought us stories about what was going on in Italy and how things weren't looking particularly good in California or New York. And I think the, the piece of news that really, really got across the gravity of the situation was that the NBA season had been canceled. And, um, you know, they brought news too that the stock market was down big and we were hearing this all secondhand, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of details. We didn't have newspaper clippings or anything like that to help us connect the dots. But, it was pretty clear that things were a lot worse than when we left. And standing on the beach at camp it was it was kind of hard to wrap our heads around all that. Um, I thought a lot about the office, I thought a lot about how crazy work must be and how Austin was probably putting in some serious hours to salvage the content that I'd prepared while I was gone. Um, you know, I wondered how all of this was going to play into my plans to buy a house. The plan was to close as basically the week that I got back. But, you know, those were kind of trivial things. The, the main stuff I was focused on was, you know, how are my parents in their 60s doing? You know, how is Jess doing? Is she okay? You know, I have a lot of friends who live in coastal cities. How are they doing? And it seemed like this thing had become just a, a runaway snowball. And it was charging downhill and grabbing more and more people as it went and only growing and I didn't really know none of us knew how our friends and family across the country were doing and as a group on the river I think we we did what we could to distract ourselves you know we had this routine of setting up camp and you know rigging and unrigging the boats and we were you know in the steady presence of rapids and so that was keeping us busy but um, at least personally underneath all that was a constant gnawing of worry and wonder about what was going on out there and how people were doing. And three weeks into the trip, we we reached our Diamond Creek takeout point, and that was this past Sunday morning, and we were met by our river outfitters, the people who had given us all of our gear that we were renting. And so, you know, we were derigging these... 18 foot rafts that we'd rented and basically called home for the past 20 days, and taking all these ammo cans off, and taking dry bags off, and paco pads, and just unpacking the lives that we'd lived for the last three weeks. And as we were doing all of that, the outfitters explained to us that the world was not really as we'd left it. Bars were closed, and restaurants were takeout or delivery only. Most people were. At home and pretty much only at home unless they had some essential job that they needed to be at um, they also told us that toilet paper and hand sanitizer were both talking points and scarce commodities to come by at the supermarket and uh, and that the stock market was down pretty big 30% something like that and so we rode about an hour uh, from that takeout point the Hualapai Reservation in Arizona, and we were we we're chewing on these words, and you know they'd also mentioned that there were more and more cases, that there were more and more deaths here in the U.S., and we were thinking about all that until we finally reached cell phone service. Um, we were waiting, and you know it was kind of this this tension of desperately wanting to hear from people, but also a little afraid of what the news might be, and you know it was kind of a a Schrodinger's cell phone type situation and finally we started seeing cell phone lines and we decided it was time to try things out and you know taking your phone off airplane mode for the first time in weeks you get this frenzy of texts and notifications and in that flurry we were trying to send off our own messages and get things that were more up to date than you know stuff from a couple weeks ago coming in and as we were doing that responses started coming back and you know my phone got reassurances from Jess and then my mom and Over the next 24 hours, uh, I wound up hearing from pretty much everyone in my extended family and found out that most of my friends back in the D.C. area were also all safe, too. And uh, once all those status updates were done, everyone started looping us in on, you know, the jokes and the memes of the semi-quarantine kind of life that that we're in. And, you know, the eat happy hours at the Zoom cyber bar and the fact that Netflix had rolled out a new party feature. And uh, apparently there'd been a New York Times op-ed profiling a Canyon group that had launched a week before us and was talking all about the absurdity of their re-entry into society. And frankly, it was exactly what we were dealing with. And my friends mentioned that they'd been keeping busy. Lena was baking bread, and Tuck and Laura had gotten a puppy. And all the updates I was getting had ranged from insane stuff you know, in a macro sense, to pretty mundane stuff on a, on a personal level, but that boring was good. It meant that the people in my life were okay. Once we got back to civilization and we were, you know, in a major metro area, we started looking at flights and trying to work through how we were going to get back. And after some rescheduling and then some re-rescheduling, I was able to get back on a nonstop flight from Baltimore to Las Vegas and just a handful of days earlier, the entire city of Las Vegas had effectively been shut down. Before we went to the airport there though, we, we decided we'd walk the strip a little bit and stretch our legs and pick up a couple things from CVS that we kind of wanted. And, um, it was totally empty. It, it was not at all how I had pictured my first trip to Las Vegas. You know, there was still the montage of hotel signs with their lights on, but none of the rooms had their lights on. Um, Everything was vacant, and you could really feel it in a city that was so built on entertainment that um, the lack of people had had totally deflated the balloon. And then we got to the airport and had, I think, probably the easiest boarding I've ever had in my life. Um, We were flying southwest, and the woman at the counter... Didn't even bother with boarding groups. she just told all 15 of us to get on the plane because you know what was the point in uh, any formality there We landed back in Baltimore um, a couple hours later and Jess picked me and a friend up at the airport. She was a champ for coming out and getting us and she jumped out of the car and she hugged me and she told me that she was so happy to have me back and you know I said the same and and I really... I felt her say that, I think she felt me say that, and I think we both felt the worry kind of wash away from both of us now that we'd finally seen each other in person and known that things were okay. And I've experienced that you know, across the board with friends and family, and over the past few days I've been catching up and seeing what I missed and connecting with coworkers over Zoom and Slack and connecting with family over FaceTime and for everything that was going on in the world, uh, my ent- my reentry has been pretty boring in the grand scheme of things. Um, I came back to friends and family that were healthy, and they were relatively happy. And a company that was still paying workers, you know, we're, we're still doing our thing. We're just doing it digitally and uh, from home. And that boring is really good. It could have been a lot worse. And, you know, I'm sure there are folks that are listening to this, you know, who are experiencing far worse than that and I wanted to share the story, I guess for a couple of reasons. You know, I didn't think that I was the most qualified person to talk about what was going on in the world after missing so much for so long. Um, I figured I can kind of get back to our regularly scheduled programming next week once I'm a little bit more up to speed and have had some time to do a little bit more research. But the main reason that I wanted to share it was because coming back to all of this felt so good. And the reason it felt so good was, you know, when it came to all the stuff that really mattered, um, everything in my life was okay. And that's the important stuff. Um, Throughout the journey back and the surprise layover in Las Vegas and the extended period that we spent not being back home, nobody that I was with checked their online bank account, nobody checked their brokerage account, nobody checked their retirement account the focus was on family and friends and being, you know, at least digitally where we needed to be. And for me, uh, it took about three days before I logged into my brokerage account and got a sense of what things looked like and they weren't great. You know, I was down about 20% from recent highs and had I looked earlier, I, it would have been a lot, lot worse. I'm sure. Got the benefit of a couple days of bumps before that. But, um, if, that's what I have left to worry about things things are pretty good and I can be pretty okay with that I'll be back with more of our usual programming next week but I figured maybe you guys give me a pass this week since I just got back Um, in the meantime though I would love to know how all of you guys are handling stay-at-home life and for the folks that are essential, you know how things how things feel for you being out in the world, and really, um, you know, we we put out a call all the time to get questions for show ideas and be able to answer listener questions. And and I think at a time like this, it's more important than ever. Um, you know, we we want to know what's on your mind, and we're happy to do the research on your behalf. So if you have anything that you think um, would make for a great idea or something that you're really worried about, you know, just write in, um, we're, we're industry focused at fool.com and give us a heads up and we have a good deal of time on our hands and we're happy to dig into stuff on your behalf. So, um, we'll be looking out for those emails and those stories. I hope if nothing else, people are getting some more quality time with the people they love and care about. And, um, hopefully are, are connecting with people, you know, via FaceTime and Slack and zoom and, all these all these platforms, maybe in a way that they hadn't in the past. And uh, otherwise I think that's gonna do it for this episode. You know, I I owe a huge thanks to Austin Morgan for everything he does on a daily basis, but in particular for what he's done over the last couple of weeks, keeping us up and running with being remote and getting guests all over the place and, and Zoom and mailing out equipment to people and everything. He has been um, absolutely fantastic and has just done an amazing job. And uh, I know this was an unusual episode, but I did mention a couple company names. So I do need to read the disclaimer. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So I don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. And so that we're not ending things on a entirely down note, It is Friday, so we're going to play things out with Checks and Balances by Burke and Graffia. Thanks for listening in, Fools, and I hope that you don't have too much to worry about these days.
1: I've got a million dollars. It's hypothetical. large amount in my bank account, it's parenthetical. The money I'm made of is theoretical, so in theory I've got it good. My fat wallet is on a diet. My balance sheet is lopsided My income statement is keeping silent But let's keep one thing understood I need checks I need balances Life's a mess With financial challenges Checks and balances When things get tough Do you do it for money Or do you do it for love My cold hard cash is soft and tropical my deep pockets are merely topical I hit the big time it was microscopical but don't you get it I am no fool I own a bank I call him Piggy brought home the bacon he got a little wiggy cracked him open what a pity his inner life was pitiful I need checks I need balances. Life's a mess with financial challenges. Checks and balances when things get tough. Do you do it for money or do you do it for love? I know a cheapskate always has a headache, trying to get something for free. None more wiser is the miser. Always lives in misery. I'm cashing in on triple coupons. Soup kitchens calling, saying the soup's on. I sing for my supper and get my groove on. I still know how to have fun. I need checks. I need balances. Life's a mess. With financial challenges, checks and balances, when things get tough, do you do it for money or do you do it for love? Cheapskate Always has a headache Trying to get something for free None more wiser Is the miser Always lives in misery I own a bank I call him Piggy Brought home the bacon He got a little wiggy Cracked him open What a pity His inner life was pitiful I need check balances life's a mess with financial challenges checks and balances when things get tough do you do it for money or do you do it for love do you do it for money or do you do it for love